All right, we're back at it. June 27th edition of AJ Let's Talk Sports. Let's get into the top headlines, shall we? Seattle Mariners' Hector Santiago, the uh, first player to be ejected amid MLB's crackdown. Veteran reliever claims all I used was rosin. I don't even think you're allowed using rosin there, bud. But Jesse Rogers wrote this um, about 3 o'clock, about two, a couple hours ago. What happened with Seattle Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago was ejected in the 5th on Sunday's game against the Chicago White Sox after umpires inspected his glove, but the veteran claims he used only rosin on what was a humid day in Chicago. But I don't I don't think you're allowed to use anything, really. Are you allowed to use rosin? I don't think you're allowed to use rosin either. But um, the umpire, who was Phil Cozy, Cuzzy, said he felt some sticky stuff on the inside of the glove. Santiago said after the Mariners' 3-2 victory, quote, all I used was rosin... I used it on both sides, trying to keep that sweat from dripping down on the hands. Santiago, who was 33, pulled from the game. He he allowed two walks and only two hits in the inning. Major leaguer with 10 years of service was in a third inning of work, but checked for the first time when the confiscation occurred. So that was the first time Santiago was ever accused of anything. Then also was... uh, by here, Phil Cuzzy, Phil Cuzzy, Cuzzy, however you say it, C-U-Z-Z-I, I don't know that's how you, I don't know how you pronounce that, P- Phil Cuzzy, Cuzzy, I don't know, anyways, I'm yapping, I'm just going crazy here, so Sunday fun day, you know how it goes, so we'll see how, uh, how everything's going to pan out when the MLB here, what's going to happen, a lot of controversy also with the uh, coronavirus stuff, I, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and piggyback off of this we're done with the Santiago topic but I wanted to talk about um I watch Outkick every now and then with uh, Clay Travis he's a good guy I like him a lot but he uh had a con- interesting conversation yesterday I just listened to it this morning about how NC State got pretty much banned um for being in a college world series which is unfortunate for them because they said that there was gonna they uh failed coronavirus testing I don't want to get into much politics and uh, views about it but wouldn't you think though like realistically wouldn't you think that during this period of time you know with everything time heals all wounds not not completely but at least it heals this at least i would believe the coronavirus um i'm I'm sure probably 70 80 percent of the population in the world have probably already had it by now and if you have had it you have antibodies which uh, Clay Travis, probably pretty much a smart man, was talking about some antibodies that will develop for immune system because your body's kind of uh, good like that. You know, like when you get a cut, you got a scab that goes over your cut to heal, heal itself. Your body will heal itself. You don't need no... I'm, I'm really... I'm, I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm a firm believer in a non-vaccinated world. I don't like um, the vaccinations that we're getting and they want you to get. Uh, do you get flu testing? No. And the flu is worse than the coronavirus. The flu has killed more people than the coronavirus, but you won't hear the woke people say that, as um, Clay Travis says in his podcasts and YouTube videos, the woke people, which I like calling them that. I like it. But I just wanted to have an interesting take on this segment about, I don't know why I just had to piggyback off the uh, Santiago incident into the coronavirus testing. Because even at my work, where I work at, they will... You, can, you don't have to wear a mask if you have been vaccinated. But what if you have already have antibodies in your system that won't allow you to get the coronavirus anyway? 
and won't allow you to spread it anyway. Which I have. I got it last September. So, who knows? You know, they, they try to control us. It's a government-controlled system, which is not what it's supposed to be. It's a we-the-people-controlled system, but we do not allow that. We're not standing up for what we used to be, like how back in the 60s, how we stood up for things. Now we're just getting run over by the opposite crowd. But we need to stand up, man. We, we the people. We the people. Remember that. Now, I don't talk much about the NBA, if not at all. I don't watch it. I do not like watching it. I don't like, I do not agree with the NBA, what, what it brings to the table and political views. Um, but saying that, I do like CP3. And I've watched him over the years, a 16 career, 16 year career. Uh, but uh, they're a 3-1 series lead, Phoenix Suns. All the, uh, they haven't seen, how long has it been since the Phoenix Suns been in the playoffs? Was it when, uh, Chuck, good old Chuck, uh, Charles Barkley days. Was that how long it's been? Steve Nash days, way back in the day. Uh, just one went away from the NBA Finals. Phoenix Suns point guard Chris Paul said he will not allow himself to consider quite yet what it would be like to compete on basketball's biggest stage for his first time in a 16-year career. Is he going to go down with, like, um, never a championship win, just like uh, the old Utah Jazz days, John Stockton and Carl Malone? Never won a championship. One of the probably best duos who have never won a championship, in my mind. Not until the job is done, he says. Paul said after the Suns' gritty 84-80 win over the Los Angeles Clippers on Saturday to go up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals. We can talk about all that then, but right now, it's just laser focus. That's pretty good. So, Paul played for the Houston Rockets 2018. Three, up 3-2 in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, before the defending champion storm back win. So they, poor Chris Paul, man. He's went, went one for seven from the field in the fourth and just six for 22 for the game, though he did go five for six for the free throw line in the closing period. So not too bad. 36 years old. He's a year younger than me. I thought he was my age, but pretty damn close. DeAndre Ayton, who lived up to his dominating nickname with 19 points, 22 rebounds, four blocks, three assists. In Game 4, executed praise for the man who was 14 years his senior. So, he says, I love CP3, man, said Aiton. He's only 22. That's really the only teammate that really pushed me, like big brother type push. So, that's good. Me, We older people t- seem to do that. You younger crowd seem to cry and whine about it. But it's good to see um, Aiton do uh, step up his game a little bit. 22 years old, you know, Gen Z's. you got to really watch how you, uh, you got to walk on eggshells with how you talk to these guys on Gen Z's. Um, our age, we can mo- more than likely talk whatever you hell you want, and we're not going to get butthurt about anything. But anyways, I would just like to see him uh, do do something here. Maybe get a ring. I don't know if I'm up for him getting a ring, but at least get to the uh, finals for at least once in his career. You know what I mean? Finally, someone uh, older than me in the sports world that we're going to be talking about right here in this next segment, Serena Williams says she's not going to Tokyo in the Olympics. She is not going. The American who has won four gold medals in tennis, the most recent women's singles in 2012, said she decided not to go to Tokyo for a variety of reasons. Quote, I'm actually not on the Olympic list, not that I'm aware of, Williams told reporters. If so, then I shouldn't be on it. Williams, 39, 
won gold in the London games, beating Maria Sharapova. Maria Sharapova, one of the hottest tennis players of all time. I used to like Martina Hingis if you're a tennis fan back in the day. Martina Hingis, check her out. Gen Z's. I'm on a Gen Z smash today. But uh, Maria Sharapova, Russian, she's hot. In the final and won in doubles in Sydney in 2000, Beijing in 2008, and in London in 2012, Sister Venus Williams. There's a lot of reasons that I made my Olympic decision, she said. I don't really want to. I don't feel like going into them today. Maybe another day, sorry. So she said. I have not thought about it in the past. has been a wonderful place for me. I really haven't thought about it, so I'm going to keep not thinking about it. Well, that's great. Good choice of words. So the withdrawal of Naomi Osaka for mental reasons and 2019 champion Simona Halep because of injury has further opened the draw for this year's event. It's pretty much open for the tennis matches over there in Tokyo. Tokyo! No, people are try- people are stopping. I don't know a whole lot. It must be political views or whatever. I don't want to get into that. So continue on political views. <laughs> um, so Euro 2020. I don't know if you guys are watching. I know it's uh, big in the world, but as of the United States of America, it is not. But you can watch on ESPN Plus if you like. But UEFA denies banning Dutch supporters from bringing rainbow flags into fan zone. So UEFA, do not ask me what that stands for, has denied it prevented Dutch supporters from bringing rainbow flags into the official fan zone in Budapest, Puskas Arena, ahead of the Euro 2020 round of 16 tie between Netherlands and Czech Republic on Sunday. That port, I guess that was today. Yeah, that was 10 a.m. this central time. So, a spokesman for the KNVB confirmed to the ESPN Netherlands that security guards asked fans with rainbow flags to hand them over at UEFA's request. Mind you, this is a different country. This is not America. I don't I don't understand why people say they're cultured. People act like they're cultured. Have you been outside of the United States? Don't say Canada. That doesn't count. Mexico, maybe. Tijuana, definitely. If you go to Mexico City, if you've been to Mexico City, you let me know because we'll talk. Now, I'm talking about I've been all over the world, been all over, all around the world and back, and I feel cultured. But when you go to another country and you come back to America, first off, you're thankful that you live in a, a, a country that's free. Second off, you realize how bad some third world countries are. Third, you're not going to gripe and complain about where you live. Just I'll let you know. Oprah and all these other people that complaining about America, complaining about Trump. I wish you guys would have left, but you didn't leave. Um, you know, when you start bashing America, burning flags and all that stuff, that doesn't, that's not good. Not good. That's all I got to say about that. But, however, UEFA released a statement that read, Contrary to some reports in Dutch media, UEFA would like to clarify that it has not banned any rainbow-colored symbols from the fan zone in Budapest, which is under the responsibility of the local authorities. Let me list, Let me read that at the end there. Which is under the responsibility of local authorities, not American authorities, that's Budapest authorities. Budapest can do whatever the hell they want to. If they don't want you to bring in a, bring in a, uh, a gay flag, you're not going to bring in a gay flag, period. 
This ain't America, dude. You can't just run around and piss on stuff and pee on stuff and burn stuff and throw the American flag on the ground and be disrespectful and get away with it. Welcome to uh, the real world, how it should be. You should be responsible for your actions. That's the problem with the uh, people today and why people are getting away with all this stuff and crying and bitching about shit because they get away with everything they do because they're letting them do it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But I don't want to get into a tangent there because I can. And I can bitch a fit too. But gone are the days where you were stood responsible for what you've done. You do something now and you get praised for it. It's ridiculous. I don't want to go into all that stuff. But it pisses me off. Fucking Gen Z's. No, I'm just... I really, I honestly was not trying to make this a political uh, show today. But it seems like every segment has been a some kind of political bias. Well, I'm not biased, but just kind of my point of view and different things that's going on. And it's not going to stop because this is another top headline that I want to talk about. It happened a couple days ago. I'm going to try to drop some shows and podcasts on maybe Sunday, Monday, because I'm off Sunday, Monday. So I, I really wanted to talk about this because I wrote down two-faced hypocrites causing racism now i'm a fan of jalen rose don't get me wrong but we're going to talk about him and kevin loves comments that uh well jalen rose's comments towards kevin love in the nba so if you're already not whining and crying about what's going on in the nba this is just getting ridiculous because i know i don't watch it anyways because it because of all the political bs i don't even watch espn anymore because of the political BS. They're trying to force your the leftists down your throat. We're not a communist society. Nor will we be. Not while I'm still here. They won't be. Um, but that's what they're trying to make it. A government run society. But people are so blinded. That they're just allowing it to happen. So I don't care if you're conservative. I don't care if you're democrat. If you're for this country. And you're for we the people then we need to stand up and start doing something as a nation. That's all I got to say about that. Um, it's just getting, it's, it's, it's all this is just getting ridiculous. It's just the little five percenters that are stirring up bullshit and the five percenters that in, in the media that allow it to portray to all of us, the millions of people in the country. And then you got some 30, 40% that go left towards it and don't know. And they're ignorant. Be honest, they're ignorant. So, Ignorant is not a bad derogatory term. Ignorant means that you do not know what is informed. You just go off of what is said. So, anyways, this Jalen Rose thing that's going on really kind of got me going here. I'm not, uh, usually when someone says they're not racist, they, they usually are racist, but I don't like this comment. And then, and then for someone to say a black man to talk about a white man in this way, and how the NBA is going is uh, racist. I mean, I, this is the way it is. I mean, if you're that naive and ignorant about the subject, then you need to re-look up the term in the dictionary there, bud, about racism. You're going the left. You're going another way with it. Just because you're not wearing a um, white cape and a white hat, burning burning uh, crosses, running around, you know, you're going the other way. Then you're going without Jalen Rose's treating it. This is ridiculous. What is it? What does he say? Tokenism? I haven't looked that term up, but 
Jalen Rose was a subject of criticism on Thursday after the ESPN broadcaster said Kevin Love's reported appearance on the Team USA Olympic roster was a form of tokenism. Apparently, I've read a couple articles, um, and I heard some stuff, some of my people that I listen to on my podcast that uh, have said some things about it as well, which I, to in my opinion, it's dis- distasteful. You shouldn't be on the air. I mean, you should be fired for saying something like this. Stephen A. Smith said something like this a long time ago, a few years back. You should get fired. If a white man says something about a black man and they get fired without the words coming out of their mouth, right after the words come out of their mouth, it should go the other way. I don't give a shit. This is two-faced, hypocritical media, sports media, sports entertainment, analysm that's fake. It's stupid. It pisses me off. I don't, I don't like it at all. Can you say whatever you want to say? No, not if you're a white man in America. I'll tell you that much. But apparently, if you're a black man in America, you can talk shit about white people and all that stuff all the time. And and everybody laughs. Oh, that's so funny. Look what he said huh? about a white person. huh? No, that's racist. You're racist. You're wrong. You should get fired. If you're going to fire a white person for it, you should fire a black man for it. I don't care what race you are. If you're being ra- talking racist on the air, national televised, you're fired. It's a period. I mean, I, I, I just don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't know. Saying he's talking about something about he, the NBA doesn't want to have an all-black team and all this, blah, 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 cry, 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 a freaking river. Are you serious? It's just ridiculous. It's just getting too much for me. I'm almost going to just turn, away, turn my back on sports at all, period. You're just, you're just a poser. You're a loser. You're an idiot. It just, it's just getting ridiculous. But, I don't know. Jalen Rose says Kevin Love, the only white player on the team, is a token because the NBA is afraid to send an all-black team to the Olympics. The 2016 was all-black. <laughs> Rose is very mad. A white player made the team, it says. There you go, Bobby Burke. There you go. Tweet that shit. You tell him. See, it's a, see, 2016 was all black. How long until Jalen Rose says he was hacked? <laughs> oh, man. That's a, these are all just Twitter stuff. Jason Whitlock, a black man. I like Jalen, but yeah, he ain't really worried about all black teams. Wish these guys would shut up or keep it 100. It's funny how Jalen Rose married a non-black woman but is mad about the NBA Olympic team adding Kevin Love and not having an all-black squad. Ooh, words, fighting words have been said. So now they're going back and forth about stuff. Obviously, he's protected by the woke media, but I just I just don't like all this. All this kind of, Kevin Love, I mean, I like kind of Kevin Love. Not many white people are out there. And the NBA, all that talk, it must be racist too. I can't say that. Caucasian? No, I can't say that. Okay. But yeah, I'm very upset about this whole entire thing about the uh, Jason Jalen Rose situation. Left-handed though, I do know he's left-handed. I liked him because he was left-handed. Even went to Michigan, I still liked him. He was part of that little five Fab Five back in the day. I even liked him from back then. Didn't love. I hated Michigan, but I kind of liked them. But. All black team in Michigan. All freshman team, by the way, too, if you want to get technical. But 
anyways, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm almost half tempted to not even watch sports, not even watch news, just go to work, come home, watch some Netflix, and go to bed. That's basically what I do anyways. I just try not to get on social media that much because it just, it just irritates me. All right, I was going to talk about um, the topic of the day. wanted to actually talk more about it, but I don't really have much to talk about because I wasn't able to watch all of it. I watched it on ESPN Plus, but I don't know why they stopped it in mid of the sixth. They were on the 16th hole, and that was my boy Bubba, man. Bubba hadn't won in a while. My left-hander. I don't know if you guys saw that. What was it, like yesterday or something like that? Second or third round or something when he hit the ball and the daggone his uh, his driver tip like flew off. And then we went into the crowd and almost hit somebody with it. That was crazy. I don't know if you guys saw that highlight. It was pretty cool, though. I like I like the pink like driver. I want that. I, I would. I actually put in for it on Facebook to try to win the daggone clubs, but I. But he plays ping. He plays the ping. Uh, you know, I don't think he has TaylorMade. See, TaylorMade's my favorite. TaylorMade's been my favorite with, since the burner driver. You know, I don't know if you guys remember that when the when the arrow burner, not the arrow burner, but um, they brought that back. But the very first burner driver, I think it was like black and gold, and it had like a gold head on it. Way back in the day. That's when I first started watching uh, liking TaylorMade. I think it's what's when they first introduced the TaylorMade balls as well. But they're at the Travelers Championship, uh, TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. The uh, purse was seven point four million dollars. Defending champion was Dustin Johnson. When Dustin Johnson wasn't even uh, in the hunt at all, uh, DeChambeau kind of dropped off. But unfortunately. I was watching it. Bubba, Bubba Watson was leading with what? A- after the front nine, he was going to 10th hole, 11th hole. He was, I think, one shot ahead. I think it was 13 under. And I wish I would have been able to watch the whole thing. But he gets, he fell apart right when ESPN Plus was going off. I mean, why why do you pay this extra money? For having ESPN Plus and Disney Plus and all that, when you don't even get to watch any of it. It was just featured holes. What is it? 16 and 17. 15, 16, and 17. And you don't even get to watch any of it. It just pisses me off. I mean, daggone. I mean, what the hell? Why? It's, it's not even worth having. The only reason why I have ESPN Plus is to watch Tough 29. We'll talk about that. I got a segment for that here after the Travis Championship. We'll finish that off with the... With the um, with the tough 29, what to watch on Tuesday nights. But why are you going to pay this money? I mean, it's not a whole lot of money, but still. And I have it set up on my um, Verizon account that I get all that Disney Plus package, Hulu and ESPN Plus and all that stuff. But why are you going to be able to? Well, I'm sitting here. I got I had snacks ready and everything. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be able to watch this whole thing. Because that one time they did... Not for the U.S. Open, but it was one of the. Um, it might, might have just become because it was what, it was the Masters or something like that, uh, like a few months back or whatever, month ago, a couple months ago, and they were they actually on ESPN Plus they actually did a fi- it was the final pairing. That was cool. At least do that. So at least whoever's in the final pairing, at least either have the opportunity to show the final pairing or and or the featured holes. 
which is great. I'm a big avid golfer. I'm hopefully there's people that listen to me in my podcast that are avid golfers as well. Um, please comment, give feedback, whatever. What's your guys' scores? What's your average scores? I'm trying to get um, back to Ohio and uh, want to play in that Castle Hills Championship in Vandalia, Ohio. So I used to, I, that's one of my favorite golf courses. I'm really good at that. Setup for a left-hander is pretty good. There's a couple holes that are set up perfectly for me. But coming uh, coming talking about the Travers, it says CBS and ESPN Plus, but it went off on the 16th hole. And unfortunately, Bubba Watson was just not going well in the 15th. I think he bogeyed the 15th. He bogeyed the 16th. I think he bogeyed all the way out. Like, he bogeyed all the way from from 15, 16, 17, and 18 was a bogey because he finished, where was he? He finished at minus 7, and he was was 13 under on hole 15. 10 off on the 15th hole. Bubba Watson was leading by 1 at 13 under. He finishes at 7-under. What the hell? That was like that one dude, what, last week that just choked. I think he's only had one win in his whole entire PGA career. But he was a younger guy. But he, I think he, he choked. I forget that guy's name. Damn it, I can't remember his name. But Mark Leishman, he's older. He was up there, 12-under. Um, he was third. That was really good. They, I, so they had Hickok came back. Uh, he was Hickok was paired with I don't know this guy, but Hickok was paired with Bubba Watson coming into the final pairing, and he English was thirteen under, and then I guess Hickok came came back because Hickok was twelve under. So then I think he made a he made a, a birdie to tie, and then they went into a playoff, and then English won, apparently because that's what it says right here. So. I didn't get to watch all of it. I was just really pissed. Kepka was up there. They didn't really talk much about Kepka, at least not on ESPN Plus. They didn't. Um, that Libiota, he looked really good. I saw him. Um, Jason Day, I like Jason Day a lot. I met, I've actually met Jason Day at the Memorial Tournament years ago with my dad. That was really cool. Jason Day's a really good guy, by the way. He lives in uh, Columbus, Ohio, too. He's married to a beautiful woman from there, too. A beautiful woman. Uh, I don't know what her name is, but she lives um, in, over there. She's from there. She's from Columbus. Yeah, so Jason Day, really cool local kind of local guy. He's not obviously not born and raised in Columbus. He's uh, Australian. But, uh, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. But, um, anyway. So, yeah, DeChambeau's not doing really good. Didn't do well. But he finished with a 70. I mean, 69, 66, 68, 70, finished 273. That's not bad. I mean, tied for 19. Uh, I don't think Mickelson even made the cut. J.B. Holmes is up there. There's Mickelson, tied for 61. 69, 69, 72, 69, which wasn't too bad. Not too bad at all. But your winner, uh, Harris English, your winner for the Trappers Championship. There at, uh, like I said, Connecticut, 83 degrees there, which is really nice. Really, really nice. So I'll, I wanted to talk more about it, but I I didn't have, I don't have all the stuff that I want to talk about. And I, plus I'm really upset and kind of pissed off about Bubba Watson just kind of throwing it away. Oh my goodness. I, I just can't believe how he just choked so bad. What's up with these players nowadays? They're just choking. Just choking, man. God. 
piss me off. So I wasn't going to talk about another segment. was kind of just going to finish it all off. But um, I actually found this article talking about my Dallas Cowboys. So I know some of you probably already going to just shut off the uh, podcast now once I start talking about the Dallas Cowboys. But just hear me out here. Kind of, I'm kind of looking forward for this year. I know a lot of Cowboys fans have always say this every year, but after what has transpired throughout the course of the past couple seasons, I I do believe that uh, Dak Prescott can hold himself accountable, hold the other players accountable. It's especially, he needs this. He needs to hold Ezekiel Elliott accountable. Maybe that could have been. The reason last year when he kind of held out on a big contract, which kind of fortunately for him helped him, even though he got injured. But maybe Zeke, you know, he had all that money and he's looking at Dak like, you know, dude, I I make more than you. I don't I don't know what goes on behind the locker room and the Dallas Cowboys organization. Tim Callishaw might be able to say something and set, shed some light on the situation. But I have I'm just going off the cuff right now, and you know opinionated you know kind of like how all the analysts do and maybe what happened was last year maybe two the past couple years Zeke got his money he thinks he's you know high high because apparently you know he is kind of immature you know it's been it's been known that he's kind of been immature you know so he gets a big that gets that big paycheck two or three years ago you get that big contract you think you're all high and mighty you're not pushing yourself after the Cabo not pushing yourself after the Cabo practicing out there. I remember, I don't know if you guys, at least the Cowboy fans, know what I'm talking about. Because his numbers are not was not as good the past couple seasons as they were before when he was two-time rushing champion, rushing leader back in the day before he got the contract. Then he got his contract, and he kind of just dove off for a couple years. I guess slacking off. But now he's going to have to renegotiate his contract. It's a contract year coming up soon in the next year or two for Zeke. So watch out for the Cowboys this year. Zeke's going to step it up. The O-line's going to step it up. The O-line's always step it up. But Dak's going to step it up a notch now that he's got paid. I hope that I hope to God he doesn't. I've talked about this before in my previous podcast when I talk about my Dallas Cowboys. I'm just hoping that he doesn't drop off. Like I'm hoping he doesn't say like Ezekiel and some other some other players. If you want to be a superstar in this league, it doesn't matter how much you get paid. You go out there and do your business every single day like you're supposed to, son. That's all I gotta say. But anyway, sorry about that. So uh, the retired NFL QB. I don't know how much stock you're gonna put into this, but Alex Smith. Good old Alex Smith. I've always liked Alex Smith. Alex Smith anticipates a huge. Huge comeback for the Dallas Cowboys QB Dak Prescott. I do too. And I said that already in some of my podcasts. I'm going to put $100 on it that the Dallas Cowboys, I haven't got $100 yet to spend, but once I get $100 to throw down on this bet, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to be calling some bookies or going on that bet sports betting book or whatever it is online and putting the $100 on it for the Dallas Cowboys not to win the conference championship, but to get to the conference championship. So I'll let you know. Mark it down right now. The Dallas Cowboys are going to the NFC conference championship game. Just I'll let you know. Anyways, 
Alex Smith wants to be clear his road to recovery does not identically resemble Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. But as NFL's 2020 Comeback Player of the Year, Smith thinks back to his own rehabilitation of his tibia and fibular fractures, further complemented by a life-threatening infection. Now as he considers Prescott's return from a compound fracture and dislocation of his ankle, Smith is eager to watch a two-time pro bowler retake the field. He believes NFL fans should be excited. All NFL fans should be excited. I don't do I agree with do I agree with the amount of money Jerry Jones just paid Dak Prescott on his contract? No, I do not agree with it. Does Dak Prescott deserve the money? No. And I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. You have to put up to make the money. I mean, do I like the intangibles that Dak Prescott brings to the table for the Dallas Cowboys organization? Yes. Do I believe he's worth that much? Just because of intangibles? No. He needs to do... That's why I'm trying to say that Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, if they stay healthy, that's the big if there. Quotation marks around it, capitalize it. If the main superstars stay healthy and they have a, an offensive line, they have a good offensive line, and if Zeke plays to his potential like he has in previous seasons... And he got the wide receiving core that are probably almost one of the best in the NFL. And with Dak Prescott, I mean, come on. You, the easy, easy divisional win. Easy division. NFC East, NFC least. Dallas Cowboys win the division easy. By at least three games, I'd say. I don't see anybody even coming close. Giants suck. Washington suck. Philly sucks. Ain't nobody going to come close. Dallas Cowboys take it easy. We're going to go, we should, we should have at least a 10-win season, I'd say, and we should have a bye. I would love to get a bye, but at least go to the, we won't have a wild card, at least be in a division, get a bye through the wild card. We'll probably play Green Bay, um, well, it's not St. Louis anymore, it was the LA Rams. I think they're in, are they still in the AFC, NFC? Uh, San Francisco, AFC, let's see. Green Bay, maybe, if Aaron Rodgers stays there. I'm not going to foresee that yet. But if the Dallas Cowboys, I'm telling you, conference championship. The conference, at least in the conference playoffs. I'm really excited about it. Really, really excited about it. I guess it goes on talking about, um, Alex Smith talks about um, how he thinks that Jack Prescott's going to have a huge season and all that stuff. And that was he says, that was a time that I said in my head, the injury's gone. Prescott sends you ninth from Cowboys headquarters in Frisco, Texas. I've buried the injury, honestly, guys. You know me from the point of practice. Okay, that's cool. I've buried it mentally, he says. So Smith, who retired in April after 16 NFL seasons, buys Prescott emphasis on that focus. So, I'll, you know, obviously, um, not, not, like he said, not in comparison to this article that the guy talks about how it's not even a comparison about uh, Alex Smith's injury. He almost died from his injury. But... Just seeing, just obviously Alex Smith already going through that whole thing. I actually played after the, what, a couple years after, two years after he had that gruesome uh, injury. And he has the insight of seeing how Dak Prescott's handling the situation there after he got hurt. So, obviously you want to be, yeah, he says he's fully recovered. He assures he's fully recovered. Prescott insists he'll not just return to form, but come back better. 
Like I said, four-year, $160 million with a $126 million guarantee. That's ridiculous for a quarterback that has not even won anything. I mean, if you're, if I can, I can only imagine the other quarterbacks, other fans throughout the NFL looking at this contract, and Dak Prescott hasn't even done anything. What has he? I think one playoff win, maybe, maybe two. If I'm pushing it right now, maybe two. So I I don't know. I mean, there's there's no way that you give. I, I don't see it. Well, I understand why, unless Jerry Jones just foresees Dak Prescott being like a beast for the next like eight to ten years. That's the only reason why I would give that to him. Sixty-eight percent uh, completion percentage, eighteen hundred fifty-six yards, nine touchdowns, and four interceptions. So that was before last October's season-ending injury. He also ran for three scores and produced a touchdown with his first NFL reception. So, I, I just I would like to see Dak Prescott go hardcore this year. I, I, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I know Stephen A. Smith's going to bash everybody. They bash he bashes the Cowboys fans all the time. Oh, you okay? <laughs> so he accidentally hit. Anyways, what? You're fine. So. Anyway, I don't know. Dogs all whining about something. So, I just hope the Dallas Cowboys wins. That's all I got to say. At least, like I said, go to the conference championship. All right, we're getting into our last segment of the day. I was going to kind of do like what to watch, but I keep forgetting it's like Sunday. It's like beginning of the week now. So, um, there was like, I think the Cincinnati Reds for Ohio, they play tonight. I think in about another hour or two. Um... But anyways, so this is coming off SB Nation, MMAmania.com. I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, Ultimate Fighter, Tough 29. I haven't watched it in a couple of It's been a few years. It's been a while, I ain't going to lie. But it's returning. It's been gone for about three years. Now it's come back. Uh, this um, It's uh, Volk- Volkanovski, which is the champion, the UFC featherweight champion. And then a top contender, Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega, I'm really... Really excited. I think episode four, I think. I think that's what we're on now. But I have to tell you, um, it's on ESPN+. Plus. You need to watch this. I mean, if you're an EFC fan, if you're just a fighter, a fighting fan, it's pretty much like I tell people, it's like Big Brother, but fighting, pretty much. I mean, they don't do... Well, I guess they do. Once they once you get into the season, I think they start doing coach challenges and do different things for um, to make extra money and do stuff for everybody. But Brian Ortega's team, I really like how Brian Ortega's coming to the table with his guys. He's a he seems like a really cool coach. I really like him a lot. Um, I I, I don't know much about Volkanovski, but he seems really cool too. Um, but it's just the way Brian Ortega is like there. Like, I, but I told my sister this too as well. I would like to see how what happens when it, when the tables have turned, because you know Volk, Volkanovski's team going to start is going to start winning here here soon, and they're going to start trash talking Ortega back. Brian, Brian Ortega hasn't really been trash talking though. So I mean, he says a couple things here and there. But if you haven't watched it, I don't want to give give anything away. But Brian Ortega's team's doing really, really well against Volkanovski's team. Um, but I just like how Brian Ortega brings how this his 
he even he even came I, I just I don't want to say anything but if you haven't watched it but he actually came to the house and was showing pictures talking about his family had steak dinners with the whole entire team just talking about not just opening up about everything so everybody and then they started opening up towards him which is really cool I like seeing that I mean it's like some of these um, the old ones that are like my generation guys. They just didn't put up with shit. And they just beat the living shit out of you and didn't care. Like the Chris Lieben and all that stuff back then. The middleweight division and all that. That was uh, back when. I think it might have been right before. After uh, the um, the guy. What's his name? I can't think of it. Not Dan Hardy. But um, Michael Bisbing. Michael Bisbing was on tough as well. Uh, one, of my, one of my all-time favorites. Forrest Griffin. Which is the first one fighting uh, Kel Sonnen. I believe it was Kel Sonnen. Um, for a tough one, uh, Forrest Griffin from Columbus, Ohio. So that was really cool. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. Well, I'm not really, but tough 29. Uh, so they're recapping some of the results and stuff like that here, but I don't really want to talk about everything that's going on. I was kind of wanting to get, I was kind of want to talk about all the people that were, that were in it. Um, so I'm kind of, I forgot, I forget the name, the guy that I like that Vince Murdoch was really cool. Um, I can't remember Andre Pradosky. I think that's who that guy's name was. He's, I think he's like the top pick. Josh Rettenhouse, I think he was all right. Um, Aaron Phillips, that guy was from Alaska. He didn't do very well. He lost his. But all oh, they had Michael Kessa on this last one was really cool. I don't know if you if you ever watched like uh, UFC analysts. Michael Kessa is one of the analysts as well on there. So he was on this show. I guess he knew one of the guys that, that he fought with on, um, on the camps. So that was really cool. It's just something to see like an inside look. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Dana White did a really good job when he brought the uh, Ultimate Fighter with 29 seasons ago, or whatever it was, 30-some seasons ago, whatever, when it first came out. Uh, it, 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 you can just pick a fighter and like watch him throughout his whole career. Unless he sucks and then he gets kicked off the show. <laughs> no, but usually he gives multiple contracts to different uh, different people. Not every, Just because you win doesn't mean if you show that you're good enough and you have grit and energy and you perform, um, Dana White will sign you. Dana, Dana White don't play games. He'll, he'll do something. If you're, going to, if you're giving 100%, he'll sign you. So check, out, check it out, though. It's on ESPN Plus. If you haven't watched any seasons, we're at, you're at episode four. That's where we're at now. I think episode five is this coming Tuesday in a couple days. So you'll be able to kind of binge it a little bit to get caught up. But every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern is when it drops. And then they have that tough after dark, which is pretty cool, which that real hot chick, I forget her name, uh, Arnott, Arnold, Char, Charles Arnott, or whatever, how you say her name. But she's really hot. Someone to watch a little bit before you go to bed. <laughs> Didn't mean it like that. But anyway. So there you go. AJ, let's talk sports. Remember, um, you can find me on YouTube as well. Um, so hopefully I can get some followings here, man. I mean, the YouTube's doing all right, but I kind of took a break off that. Um, the podcast is not doing that great, but just trying to keep, just trying to keep pushing, you know, keep pushing and going, trying to meet the goals that I want to meet. So there you have it. AJ, let's talk sports. Follow me, y'all.